Fanboyplanet.com. It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast with your host, Derek McCaw. Thank you. This is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of Fanboyplanet.com. Uh, that was, of course, my, my announcer and very, very sunburned fellow, Lon Lopez. Say hello to the folks, Lon. Oil can. You're a little butter. Okay, get the butter. I like the fact that you, you now have goggle eyes like your superhero mask was left on too long while you're outside. I am now the raccoon. Because <laughs> my, my Holy s- crap! My alter ego. It's the raccoon! That's who you are! I knew it! Cosmic Weeperson, actually the raccoon. Funny how we never saw the two of them in the same place at the mm. same time. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and of course, that other voice was our moral arbiter and sound engineer. Rick Brett Snyder. Yeah, thank heavens you're here. Howdy. Howdy. Anyway, and uh, and a variety of people in the background. Maybe they'll speak. Maybe they won't. We'll see. Uh, and there's actual dancing going on. There's actual there. dancing. Steve is dancing. There was some kind of twisty macarena. It must be thing. payday. Uh, so let's begin with an event this week in comics that we thought may never have come, but it did finally actually arrive, which is the delivery of the Ultimates. Lucky thirteen. Two number thirteen. Yes, the second season of Ultimates Draws finally came out. And how does anybody feel about it? Loved it. No, but I mean, like, now that it's been so long to come out, do we care anymore? Like, I care. I mean, I, you know, I remember, like, being excited when I was reading it, going, oh, oh, and then years go by, and then you go, oh, finally we're ending it? What was happening again? I don't remember, you know. So. You know, they made it through all 13 <coughs> issues with a great story and consistently fabulous art. I love the characters in it. I love what they do. Was with it them. really a great story? It might have been well told, but was the story told really great? Tell the story about a, about how civilization treats somebody who comes up and says, "I'm a god." Yeah, but the, this whole arc wasn't just about Thor, was it? No, it no but I felt the ending definitely made it that ultimately there's a conflict and there's something definitely uh, laid down for Jeff Loeb, who is writing seasons three and four concurrently. So that they, he's like doing it. Holy so, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So that basically they'll get season three done with one artist. I can't remember. Uh, it's J. Scott Campbell, I think, or Joe Madurera, one of the two yeah, of them. Yeah, Madurera. Cool. And then uh, four is with, I think, Ed McGinnis. And so they're doing three and four so that, so that it will not be lost that there has been with Mark Miller and uh, Brian Hitch. But uh, definitely a seed laid there, exactly saying, with the Thor-Loki conflict went to a whole new level that I never thought uh, they were going to do. Now, Especially since Thor is, you know, well, A-W-L-O-L in the regular Marvel, in the regular universe. Marvel universe. Coming back soon. Uh, coming back in a couple months with a Michael Turner variant cover and Ed McGinnis drawing Thor uh, for a regular series, which now Thor has long-armed armor. 
And uh, yeah. But I, but my whole point about the Ultimates here is like you know it may be well done and well told, but I don't know. I mean, what's what's the fan reaction around? I mean, does anybody care anymore? You know what I mean? Is the Ultimate line still viable? Am I asking too many hard questions? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I think the Ultimate line is still viable, but is it as important as it once was? I don't know if anything is as important as it once was in the in the heat of the hype, and we've all been hyped out and Ultimates. I think it's a solid book, but I would agree with you that I had to take st- stop last night and look at it and go, wait a minute. I don't, I don't even remember when the last issue had come out, yeah. and I didn't remember what had happened, and it allowed me to sort of like, you know, play back just a little bit, and um, you know, so it, it's been a long time, and I'm getting frustrated with some books where I've where that's been the case for me, where it's been so long and I'm just like, you know, it's hard to sustain the momentum. The point of having a serialized story is to have that momentum. You didn't go to the movies, uh, well, none of us did, none of us are that old, to have gone to the movies in the 40s if you went to what they, you know, the chapter plays or the serials and said, not next week, but when we get the next chapter done, be sure to come back. You know, yeah. and it was hard. It's hard to keep that momentum going, which I think the superhero comic in particular needs to have. Like over at Image, they're running a book called Negative Burn, which does come out on a regular basis, an anthology. But what gets inserted into Negative Burn are short stories or chapters of longer serials, whenever the artist and writer, whoever, is ready to print that in. So, so but that doesn't advance the serialized story. No, I mean, I'm so lost when I read like chapter five of something in Negative Burn. I'm not dismissing the fact that if you have somebody who makes the deadline, like Countdown did. I mean, like, uh, me, like no, it's not <laughs> rush things. Let's like not 52 rush things. did. Mm-hmm. So that's excellent. But I'm somebody who waited years for Philip Jose Farmer to finish the Riverworld series. I sure. waited eight years on a cliffhanger in Dark Tower for the next volume of that to come out. Very true. And the thing is, when the artist finishes it and maintains a true connection to the original Which and, the and finishes did. it correctly and doesn't compromise, I'm okay with it. I think that's a new paradigm for comics, though. Or, yeah. or a, a fairly new paradigm I would for have us. been very unhappy with this if they had come out with it on schedule and it had looked crappy. Oh, I think it looks beautiful. I think yeah. it's a, I think it's a, a fitting end to the series as it was started by Mark Miller and, and Brian Hitch. But I also feel like it, it's just a long time. Although I think in a difference between <coughs> you and myself is I, I get the very strong sensation that you can stack up your comics and remember where you put them, which I can't. <laughs> and so you could have had a whole run of Ultimates there ready to read all in one sitting. And I don't. So Although this was um, this always went to the top of my uh, must read now stack, so it did not pile up that way. Okay, yeah. And I had to. I actually the end of the story is an end cap that's end cap ends with cap actually. Mm-hmm. Um, Alive which, and well, which is a callback to the first sequence in the first. And I do remember volume. that because I always thought that was a great way to start the Ultimates yeah. to just spend that entire first issue just on Cap in World War Two. Yeah, I'm and. Well, no, I don't want to give anything away if people haven't read it, so never mind. I'll, I'll ask that off the air. I have a question about the way that ends. Um, so, but you're, you're happy with that. But, you know, we go back to, to Lon's question. I mean, is there any excitement about the rest of the Ultimate line? Ultimate Spider-Man, it's ending its run with Brian Michael Bendis and Mark Bagley. Uh, I have to admit, I kind of got lost interest in Ultimate X-Men because it seemed like plot lines were yeah. just sort of like, Ultimate you think you know Four? this about it? Yeah, I'm still liking Ultimate, Ultimate Fantastic, Fantastic Four. Ultimate fun book. Very fun book, clean storylines. They wrap uh, they wrap stories nicely. I I love that. Yeah, 
Yeah, you've got the ultimate power. I don't know how well that's doing, but uh, the, basically the supreme power universe versus the ultimate universe. It ties universe. in nicely. Squadron Supreme is another one of my favorite top-of-the-read-pile books, and mm-hmm. I like what they're doing with the two mixing. And, yeah. yeah, and it's fun. It's and it fun. calls back to the original Avengers versus uh, Squadron. Yeah, but I, I don't think we have the excitement that we once did. Yeah. Yes, Lon, you're about to speak. I saw let, your, let me, your let parched, me, cracked let lips. Me just, uh, let me just chime Can in Can I get here. you some water? Let me just be the devil's advocate on this one. You um, look like you've been the devil's advocate. Um, well, I'm red like the devil. No. Um, <laughs> no. Um, uh, in this book, it's featured in the very middle, there is an eight-page gatefold. Yes, just it's, one huge mouth. Opening and opening and opening. One big it. splash page. And, you know, part of me makes me go... Really? Dude, an eight-page gatefold poster type thing? I mean, maybe my my luster for comics has waned over the years, but like, part of me kind of goes like, is that in place for storytelling, or is that just... I mean, or is it the fact that, hey, we took so long to make it, here, we'll give you an extra, you know, eight pages. What I think I like most about that gatefold is each unfolding reveals a new ad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, actually, what I like about it is it's... Not you, you one of them is nude. <laughs> you could frame that. There's no, there are no word balloons on it. They don't make frames it. that long, no, do they? Sure. You could have sure, they do. You could, you could specially... You could map that. that. I, I actually was thinking i got to buy another copy of this and, and do something with that because it just... It's, but these it's guys pretty. are obviously orcs from, like, Lord of the Rings and, like... This guy's from Legend. I mean, it just no, 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 it feels no, no, really... No, 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 that's Surtur. No, every those one of are, those, those is a character. Those are from Asgard. You got the giant wolves and, yeah. I just, you know, I never liked the Ultimate. I mean, I tried to get into it. I just thought it was just... It just, I don't know, it, it was a weird... Okay, well, that's good. I like the fact that gro- the Hulk is gray Yes. this. So, like, that's going to... It's like, uh, oh, it's not really the Hulk. It's gray this time, so we can't be upset with him for killing all those people. Like, what right. a great costume. <laughs> But but the whole oh, which I've, I'll agree I've never been happy with that by the way that idea that the Hulk eats people yeah uh, I, you know but here's the other thing too like the whole they made the whole issue about or not this issue but the issue like the problem that Thor you know they took off the the the, the superhero the costume and removed the mallet and he didn't have the powers anymore and you know I don't know should I I can't should I spoil this or I mean. Don't. Well, okay. I mean, but there's an explanation, and it involves Loki, and anybody reading along all along does accept that. I mean, and, and it just goes to speaking of the power of Loki. But, you know. Which, again, is a callback to the original Avengers. Right. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, you know, I, I, I do appreciate the art, and I think, you know, for what it is, the story's told competently and well. It's not by any means bad. Just don't know if I'm jonesing on it, you know what I mean? Just don't know if I'm loving it. The Tony Stark bit at the end is precious, too. Well, you know, then Rick's loving it. Rick's loving it. Rick loved it. So let's switch universes for a second. If you love comics. Because of a comic that's come out on a regular basis. Did you hear that? That was it. That was the issue hitting the table. That's how thick of comic goodness it is. Mm -hmm. It it is. It is. And at least eight pages of that is just one big long full. And it's called Independence Day. Mm-hmm. Like the big grand movie named of the same name. Absolutely. This is what Marvel would call widescreen te- uh, I read Independence Day, I think of the founding fathers in the beginning of our Well, country. I just think of them trying to copy every really? other yeah, blockbuster movie they could You're rip old. off. <laughs> yeah, from the 1700s. Are the giant wolves, is that something else? Yes, yeah. that's from Asgard. Oh, uh, okay. Just All joking. right. 
Anyway, back to switch over to a to a, a book that did come out on time and now has a sequel that seems so far two weeks in coming out on time. Countdown over at DC and. Uh, Rick and I got a chance to read that last can night. Can I just say I'm less Jones done Countdown than I am on 52? I You can say that. I okay. kind of feel like I, I gave a big defensive Countdown last week on, on the site. I wrote a, wrote a little article on it. And this week I read it and thought, yeah, there's some interesting things going on, but I'm a little leery because I feel like Countdown is veering into a, a criticism that Rick had about the Brave New World, the $1 one-shots, about how these are really just ads for other series you should read. Yeah. And I'm hoping that there'll be this narrative through there about Jimmy Olsen. Yeah, I love Must. the Jimmy Olsen part. The Jimmy Olsen make, really makes me think, God, they need to do another Jimmy Olsen book. I mean, they need a monthly Jimmy Olsen where he is wandering through the DC universe, happening happening on storylines that are occurring. I don't. I, that's front line for DC. I'd love it. One thing that was very casually happening in that that, I, that bothered me just a little bit was he knows secret identities of people, and I don't know that... That's right. <laughs> it's like Jimmy, you mean? Yeah, Jimmy's narrating and talking about who the Red Hood is, who yeah. Nightwing is, who Robin is. It's yeah. like, so, wait, wait a minute. How'd this punk kid, the way they've had Jimmy Olsen be the last few years, how'd this punk kid find out who all these people are? That man would kill for less. Jimmy's then, a monitor. And then how does Jimmy not use that to become a reporter and not just a in-house right. photographer? Jimmy is a reporter with ethics. Uh, is Which he a reporter or a photographer? Oh, this is fantasy. Things. Okay, yes, that's exactly. right. This is all fiction. Okay. Um, he knows the difference between right yeah, okay. and wrong. But aside from that Jimmy Olsen story, and then which explained then the Duella Dent thing, uh, which the first issue of Countdown kind of explained, if you read the full issue, I don't know if you got a chance to do that yet, basically said she wasn't of this earth. Right. Which then every appearance she's had in which her history has been confusing now doesn't really make sense, but does explain... How she could be on this earth and not be... She's an, an, an anomaly. 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 Got it. Anomaly. And I know it's anomaly. not the first time it's ever happened, but I did like the Joker as Hannibal Lecter part of yes. it. That was nice. Yes. I always get bothered. I get a little scared, actually, when the Joker is portrayed as he always knows yeah. all the secrets. And it's like, okay, they got to decide. What exactly is he? Yeah. Uh, what exactly? Because in these cosmic things, he's near cosmic. He's consistently near cosmic in his knowledge. He's just insane. Well, but maybe, crazy. maybe he's not. Maybe he doesn't really know, but his madness matches. It could be. Matches what's going on. Right. And then and there's a two-page spread in there with Batman fighting Karate Kid, which is actually a flashback to a Justice League episode, uh, issue one or two issues ago where yeah. they're doing this lightning saga. And that's where I get scared. That's where I get scared, where it's like, and the defenses come, well, you know, yeah, it is a kind of a crossover. It's like, no, I don't like that. What One thing I loved about 52 was until issue 50, it really didn't touch no. the DC books, the other DC books at Not large. Much at all. And, and, and if anything, if there was any weakness to 52, it was sort of, and again, though the writers did, I think, a phenomenal job with what they were handed, it became this one week of, oh, crap, explain one year later. In, in one week, in a, in a bunch of specials. And when you get to this, you know, now it's like, I don't think it even says, to see what's really going on with this, read Justice League of America, JSA, you know, or just Society of America, well, this crossover. But even though that scene very clearly comes, comes out of that and has already been resolved in that story. So I'm a little nervous about that because I, I think that... The average reader, well, as we know, we've had one American reader write in who said he came into comics just a few months ago, got back after a long time out, been following all this hype, finally buys in, and then it's confused. What's going on with Justice League? 
what's going on with, you know, what's this one year later? It's got. If the point of this is all to be accessible and get you excited about comics, it's got to be accessible. Yeah, yeah. And I just don't feel that Countdown is accessible. It's a comic for me, no question. I'm a continuity geek, as Goodson has said. I am a Zorlack for DC. Do you think if nobody buys Countdown, though, they'll stop it? Or do you think they'll complete Oh, you know, they the, committed no. to a year? Because the, oh. other, because the other frightening thing that gets said is in Justice League this week is that uh, one of the Legion of Superheroes says, we've come back just after the middle crisis. So World War Three is like middle crisis. You know, they're, they're clearly building towards, they've got an event too big that's been planned out. Well, that's what Dan DiDio said, yeah. that Countdown ends with the next big event. With a great disaster. And I, I feel like I'm disastered out. I, I would like to enjoy. Have they said disaster. Uh, that's what uh, isn't it? The great disaster. The, yeah, dark side. Dark said the pin. The pin says the DC Nation was handing out of all the conventions says, and, and unto man shall come a great disaster. And in in countdown number fifty one, somebody says that's a dark side. That there right. would be a, a great disaster. Okay. So, and that's not going to happen during countdown. That's going to happen. It's going to. Will, will the disaster be dark side finally gets pants? Will that be I, the? I, he is wearing pants. It's just short. No, he's wearing a tunic. No, skirt. no, 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 no. It's like a apocalyptic. No, no, you can't look kilt. up that. You don't see. You. Speaking of which, can we move on to uh, to Fallen Sun? Because there's a, there's a direct alignment there. With well, all right the, then, drive it, man. Drive one of, it, one more of the great, One of the great lines, Hawkeye figures in Fallen Stu- in the latest issue of Fallen Sun, which is Fallen Sun Captain Fallen Sun Captain America Captain America. It's a recursive title. Um, Mary Harmon, Mary Harmon, and and. They mentioned that there is some discussion of Hawkeye's various costumes throughout the ages, and they bring up the skirt and the headband. And Hawkeye's going, "Oh my! They, you know, oh my God! They can never get past the skirt. It wasn't a skirt." You know. So he had his his own skirt problem. Thank you. It was a kilt. Then. It was, and you know, when you're off fighting the the uh, the scroll and the Cree, you you're kind of limited in your costume choices. You got to get some breeze on your boys. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So th- there you go. Okay. A little defense of the skirt. But that was uh, the Fallen Sun. You know, Lon, you're going to enjoy this one, I think. I already hate it because they're right here. Which? which what's that? Oh. No sound effect that says wham? No, like Tony, Captain America Tony Stark punching out Hawkeye. Well, he's not sure it's Hawkeye. Well, there you go. Um, you know, and the... And, and the you know what? I hate Iron Man. And the spit's going to hit the wham. I'm gonna, you're going to be happy because I have read a couple of next week's Marvel comics already. I was telling Rick this just a little bit. In both She-Hulk, getting set for uh, World War Hulk, which... And, uh, <laughs> was that for World War Hulk or that's She-Hulk? World, that's for World War Hulk. Okay. Because I just think it's going to rock. It's just going to rock. And I, I get this feeling, you know, and I read Captain America number 26. And what's being done in the aftermath there... Is that out already? No, it's next week. Oh, okay. Try to, try to keep up. Okay. Uh, He's been time traveling I've been time traveling again. Are you Rip Hunter? Are you Rip Taylor? <laughs> Time Master. Oh my goodness, Rick Taylor. Well, these are the jokes, folks. <laughs> they don't get any better than these this. These are the time travel. I've only had the video of the confetti. There's all this confetti over. Yes. And it's clear that, you know, uh, Iron Man's going to get his comeuppance. And the thing that's coming with World War Hulk is no matter how we feel about what happened in Civil War, it's all going to get smashed by the Hulk. All of it. There's just no question. Yes. So, really? so you're saying that Hulk's going to petition. The uh, Registration Act by drawing up a bill and getting the Registration no. Act repealed no. Hulk with a high-powered team of lawyers. Hulk, Hulk smashes. He has a more Republican approach. Just go right. in and, and bomb. 
Well, I'm just saying, the law is on the books, and until they take that law off the books... Right, right. Hulk's well, not going to... Hulk cram for bar exam, you know. No, it's not going to be... <laughs> Hulk, no. Hulk object. Hulk object. Hulk object. This is going on in Hulk Power Pack. I was reading a little bit of that. It's like, Hulk know who you are. Now you talking. <laughs> <laughs> just like, Hulk is just sort of tonto. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Was that wrong? No, I'm just... Was that politically incorrect of me? Those are my people. Anyways. All oh, right, whatever. McWeeperson. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Fallen Sun, I'm over it, but whatever. I like Hawkeye, so I'll probably buy it. Well, let's change, let's change mediums here. That uh, Change media, not change mediums. Patricia Arkeg. We have exchanged Patricia mm, Arkeg I'll change for, her. Mm, for Jeff Goldblum. Uh, that uh, we're switching to Marvel going into television or direct-to-video. Uh, this week, the Doctor Strange website went live. I did not have a chance to watch the two-and-a-half-minute trailer, but you, Rick, did. Yes. So tell us your your feeling. It's Doctor a different Strange website? Or the Doctor Strange Do- animated a- DVD, which oh, was on, we remember, saw we saw the, the trailer preview, on, the, yeah. uh, on the Iron Man DVD, and Rick says it's a different trailer that's online right now. So. Yeah, there's a, uh, there's an Iron Man, uh, pardon me, there's a Doctor Strange short that's in a web page. Basically, it looks like they're going to blow the web page out with a lot of promotional stuff, but right now all the links are dead except for the video. Yeah, and the video's not coming out until the middle of August. Uh, yeah, August 8th. I think I wrote it down there. It looks good. I mean, we'd seen a preview of it in the end of Iron Man. It looks pretty much the same art style. It's a nice art style I like, a little darker. We get, I think one of the bonuses here is we're going to learn how to pronounce Dormammu. And, uh, I'm all, happy you're saying Dormammu. All, all, all the different uh, Dormammu things. was already in an episode the of Wanda Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends, I thought. So it's Good Lord. Dormammu was in Spider-Man and his Amazing yeah, Friends? Yeah, because it was Doctor Strange did a cameo. The humiliation! The humiliation! Did Ms. Lion bite him on the ankle? No, but in Spider-Man Amazing Friends, she uh, Firestorm mispronounced Magneto and called him Magneto. Ah, uh. So you can't always trust the amazing friends. Fire stars. You know, I think point. that was just because sometimes people were wrong. Could be, it's or just the, just the actress was the actress was reading the script and nobody uh, corrected yeah, her. Yeah, that could be it too. That uh, could very much be right. But it looks it looks good. It looks like it's going to be worth the the standard direct to video price. I mean, they're putting together a nice uh, nice collection there, with the exception of uh, Fantastic Four stuff, which I was un, unimpressed. But, with. But you know, and that's done by a completely separate company. Yeah. The direct to videos that are happening there are controlled by Marvel. Give or take, I just, I, I just feel like they're they, they don't quite know who their audience is. So some things are you know exciting and some things are insipid because they're trying to get to, you know get the little kids. Yeah. Because that's where the market really is. With he's got to be with these home video things. I don't know that Tony Stark one had some pretty hot scenes for little kids. No, and I wouldn't. That's what I mean. Is it's I wouldn't show it to a little kid, yeah. and yet that's I kind of feel like you know the, the little kids gonna go Iron Man. I, you know, is yeah. supposed to like these characters and supposed to want to see them. And those are the ones that actually have time to watch <laughs> over and over <laughs> and over, and, over and, you know, gain the credibility. So, anyway, go ahead. What? Oh. <laughs> Do we know if they – did they ever release the um, the Iron Man cartoon series from a few years back? I don't think they have they yet. I think there was some kind of plan, but it's also uh, – actually, I believe Buena Vista owns the rights to those. Mm. And so – uh, which is Disney. So what you're going to see is uh, is likely as we get closer to the Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. movie, okay, yeah. that's which is what move. Disney has done historically. They had the rights to the Hulk animated series. They had the rights to the Ghost Rider. They had the rights. There was it, a Ghost Rider animated series. Yeah, it all got. Uh, when was this? Oh no, you know what? Actually, never happened. It's in the Hulk. 
It was in the Hulk show. Wow. They did it as a pilot, uh, backdoor pilot. Uh, Richard Grieco voiced voiced Ghost Rider hmm. and showed it. And they were going, and they had they had gotten all the designs, and it just never got picked up. But the intent is, I would bet you this summer. Uh, you're going to see uh, the Silver Surfer series collected. Yeah, I'd like to see that. I never or, saw it. Or not even necessarily collected because Disney has not done that. They've done like a like a best of set for everything, Spider-Man, right, um, right. you know, and so forth. So, What about yeah. the, the FF one from a couple of years back? Did they collect that one? Yes, they did. Okay. They did release that with the first FF uh, movie. Okay, cool. So, Which, again, I, actually my son and daughter have started watching that in anticipation of The Rise of the Silver Surfer. And as I thought. It's actually a pretty good kids movie if you can edit out the occasional swear word and the occasional really ridiculous over-the-top violence of, you know, doom blowing a hole through somebody. But, uh, you know, actually pretty entertaining to the kids, which is, I, I, it's a defense. I'm making a defense of a movie that I didn't really like very much, but I, don't I like better watching with, with small children. Well, you know, Marvel movies is, uh, is uh, in flux, right? I mean, we've got some more Marvel new movie news, correct? We do indeed. Uh, a long in development film that you didn't really want to come to fruition anyway, but here, here we go. I don't, okay. I don't Give think you me. did. I don't think you did. Which is that Thomas Jane announced this oh, week that yeah. he, regretfully, as a huge fan himself... Well, Thomas Jane finally got it. He has probably, finally dropped out of The Punisher 2. He finally understood uh, how much the first movie sucked. So. Oh, and he said that as much. Yeah, he said mm. he, his disappointment is that he felt that finally, like in the last scene of The Punisher, he thought that, was the, that should have been the groundwork for the attitude and the character, and he didn't want comedy... And he said they've gone through a lot of scripts he hasn't been happy with, and they're just not finding the time, and you know, and they're not willing to listen to him, so he's just going to leave. Good. And I'd say, yeah, good for a guy. He's got a lot of cred with fans right now, having written a couple of comic book series himself, and suddenly really becoming a fanboy's fanboy himself. Well, I mean, I think of, I don't know if I've always said this, but I've had no problem with him as the Punisher. I thought, you know, I was going along with it and going, okay, I could, you know... He's a charismatic guy. I could see it. But just the script, the story, the direction, it was all just terrible. So, you know, so even if they brought in a new crew and a new script and kept Jane around, I think, you know, I'd give it a chance. You know what I mean? So, But if he wasn't happy. Yeah, but I mean, if he finally, you know, got his head out of his... And, Lion, and, uh, and Lionsgate then countered by saying they've... Uh, that they're looking actively looking for a director and actively moving forward with that. But, you know, it's been a year or right. two or three. I don't remember how long it's been since that first Punisher movie. And I think out. I heard uh, they're getting Richard Grieco to play oh, the perhaps, Punisher. Perhaps. Right. Oh, yeah. There's charisma. Oh, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> It'll be like a direct-to-video The Punisher. poor man's Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and it's crazy. he was the one that spun out of 21 Jump, Jump Street. Uh, yeah, so, uh, but on the plus side for Lionsgate, or maybe not, because I'm, I've been. Here's a project that I'm kind of torn about, is that Lionsgate has finally stepped into the ring and given Frank Miller backing to do his uh, film adaptation of Will Eisner's The Spirit. And I just, I can't bring myself to be excited about Frank Miller doing The Spirit, and I don't know why. Because he keeps saying there's a grim and gritty side to The Spirit. If you read those stories, there's really something really harsh about those. And yet, I have not yet encountered one of those stories that I thought fit Frank Miller's sensibility. Yeah, I mean, he gets torn up and knocked down yeah. and shot and all that, but there's always, he's always got this kind of bright edge to him that he I just never don't goes see under. a bright edge to, to Frank Miller's work anymore. No. Is he like the old style 50s kind of spare, like 
Golly gee, I just took a shot there, Mabel. You know, that kind of thing. I don't know. I don't know what Uh, spirit you're talking about. I don't know. I'm just, no, I'm talking about the 50s sensibility. No, 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 it's not that. He's a very tough guy, very noir, but... But but again, with this optimism, I mean, he's doing it because he believes that he's doing the right thing. He drags himself through to the last panel and collapses, but he's done their job, and it hasn't. It's never as long been. as it's going to be as good as the Sam Jones spirit pilot, and then I'll be happy. Uh, Better, well, maybe I don't know. But if you read Darwin Cook's revival of DC, I think Darwin Cook's creating a really good book, and so that's my vision of the spirit. I mean, that's I've read a few reprints of the spirit and thought, you know, Darwin Cook's in line with that. Mm-hmm. I get it. There's a sense of humor to it. There's and it's not a mean sense of humor, and I just it just doesn't add up well, to Frank Miller, too, especially with All Star Batman and Robin finally hitting the stands again today. Well, see, uh, I read. Oh, I don't even want to pick it up. I read online or read somewhere that uh, there's it's rumored talk that it it would be shot like 300, and all green screened and. You know, like that. That's okay. That's a technology. It really depends on the story. Sure, but I'm just saying, like, you know, are they going to try and do the Sin City thing and no, what make they it do, kind of gritty? And they'd you know, make it the same kind of Eisner drippy background. You know, the, yeah, I that, mean, if you do that, that I'm, I'm, you know, I, it, because I was having this conversation last night with a couple of friends who went to see Shrek three or Shrek the third, and how some of it gets realistic and almost you're talking about that Valley of the Uncanny, and and uh, my friend's girlfriend Nicole said. I'm just name checking her in case she downloads it. Uh, you know, she said like it bothers her at some places, um, and she said Monster House really creeped her out. And I said, but Monster House, everybody's so out of proportion. You know, I mean, yeah. it's it's realistic motion capture, but you know, I never for once thought they were was real. It like the Tom Hanks Empire of the North, thing, uh, Polar Express. Polar Express, that was it. No, <laughs> Empire North. of the North, <laughs> totally different Where film. Where am I? Totally different film. Yeah. Um, Which was creepy enough. But, you know, I'm all for the motion capture if you're going to capture a certain artist's style. Uh Like I said, if you – exactly, if you do Will Eisner's backgrounds. Right. If you do the Will Eisner kind of villains, which, you know, like 15 – has it been 17 years since Warren Beatty did Dick Tracy? That was what Warren Beatty was trying to accomplish with Dick Tracy. And he did. And and he did. But nobody recognized him because Dick Tracy had been out of – Right, and nobody's going to recognize the spirit villains, but the spirit villains are arguably more interesting, I think, than Dick Tracy villains. Dick Tracy is always like, "Well, this villain has the brow, and his mm-hmm. superpower is a wrinkled up brow." You know, it's just like. But you had like Pigel, and yeah. you had yeah. the you know they're more vivid characters. Yeah. They absolutely are more vivid characters. So, you know, I, I, if that's what he's going to do, that's fine. Again, I'm just having a difficult time. Frank Miller. Frank Miller. Yeah. I respect Frank Miller. I respect his work. It just doesn't jibe up with what – but right now he's the golden child because you've, gone, you've done Sin City and 300 and all. And the, the demographic the studios want to appeal to went nuts for those films. And so they think, well, Frank Miller must be a genius. Well, he they're doing genius. Ronin, right? I mean, and Warner's doing Ronin, which right. I'm actually very excited about. I was, you know, I was telling Lon that after I heard you guys talked about it the week that I wasn't here. I love Ronin. When I read Ronin, or I should say when I reread Ronin, because like many, I didn't understand it the first time. Yeah. But when I went back and reread it, I thought this is going to be a great movie. This is going to be a great movie. Oh, but a lot of movies and storytelling techniques have actually caught up with it. I'm afraid Ronan might now appear almost derivative because I think a lot of yeah. what's going on with like the Matrix, uh, what the Wachowskis did, stole directly because you know those guys were comic book fans. There's no question. Yeah, it's always great to watch guys that are watching their first Waxa, ja- Chinese Waxa film. They're going, they stole that from the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> no, you Get idiot! <laughs> <laughs> Read a book or something. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> but let's go back even further in time to things that have been stolen from to maybe blow your head off and make you feel oh, really I've, good. Ready? This is, this the is moonstone, deja vu all over the again. The Moonstone yeah. Doc Savage said, okay, so I got and I got to post this tomorrow morning. I got a, a press release from Moonstone today. So I know the first thing they're going to do with Doc Savage. Oh, tell me. Okay, is they're going to do a printing of the lost Lester Dent radio scripts that never got produced. Oh, I have some of those. And Bob Larkin is doing the cover. Cool. So it actually it's going to look just like the the best of the Bantam days, and so they're going to they're going to reprint the scripts from the radio shows. Or are they going to do stories? Will are they going to reprint? They're going to, it's going to be one volume of all the scripts that they found. All the found, scripts, okay. They found archived, and but they're not we'll going to rewrite them into actual like prose stories. No, no, no okay. No, they're using them as radio, just the radio scripts. So new doc, new old, lost Doc Savage adventures. Cool. Very exciting. Cool. And bound like the Bantam books, which probably got most of us, most people li- that are listening, all 12 of you. Uh, <laughs> no, 1,200. Well, maybe they'll bring out at the same time. Uh, there was a few years back, I think PBS did um, some do- some new Doc Savage stories. I there was got, an adaptation of like Fear K. Radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Justin uh, and I listened to those one after. I one. haven't heard them. I would love to. I would love yeah, to hear got them at home. So, speaking of that, I got to say, I finally uh, listened to uh, Rick loaned me a, uh, or gave me a copy of something called the Lux Radio Theater, The Adventures of, of Luke Skywalker, done as a f- 40s thing. Wasn't that marvelous? That was fun. You know what? And listening to Star Wars that way actually made me think, you know, there was, again, something charming and timeless about the first movie. Yeah. Which then brings me perfectly to this because well, the, the, next week. The kicker, hold on, the kicker on that was, of course, that. It's a radio broadcast, but they have people impersonating stars of the time. Right, Humphrey Bogart Jimmy as Stewart, Mickey Rooney as Luke Skywalker. And I bring this up because next weekend, May 25th, is the 30th anniversary of the release of Star Wars. Huge celebration in L.A. Whoa. We're going to be at Baycon, but our own Michelle Saman, who, despite my direct orders never to join the 501st, joined the 501st. Our own Michelle Simon will be in well, LA. The National Guard is out of the country. You got to have the five zero first. You got to have the five zero first, uh, and he's flying in from Japan to uh, to march with the five zero first at the thirtieth uh, anniversary special celebration in LA. It's a four day blowout of fandom and geekdom, and we're going to be doing our podcast that day from <laughs> Baycon Bay San Mateo, which is closer to Lucasfilm. Technically, but everybody at Lucasfilm will, will be in L.A. Will be in L.A. Yeah. So <laughs> this one goes out to uh, Michal. He begged. There's a couple of other follow-up things. He's going to be doing a couple of little things appearing with the 501st afterwards. Let's just say he better have a digital camera with him. He better take lots of pictures. He, he will. better send them up for the he website. He will. And, uh, you know, if you ask for him, you know, start asking around. Say, you know, Derek sent you. And uh, yeah. say, there you go. Michal, say, and the radio guy. What is that what he called you on the the forums this week sound guy sound guy so and sound guy is looking for it uh so <laughs> i'm all i've got to talk to michelle because a uh, college roommate emailed me and said i'm taking my son to this I said all right i'm gonna get the stormtrooper to bother him so uh cool so this is to michelle heads up have a safe tur- journey over there and get us lots of pictures so lon is just so exhausted so wiped out live long and prosper live long <laughs> yeah! nice yeah all right let's turn to uh Video games, because I know Rick wants to taunt me a lot uh, about video games this week. So, I read that uh, our favorite uh, video game, uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance, yes. that a few weeks back uh, released eight new characters for 
that were on download only, which of course is an Xbox 360 thing. They were on the download. Was that what you said? They were on the download. 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 Magneto on the download. Oh. Um. Huh. Well, I'm sorry, my eyes just popped out of my... What, Magneto? Well, yeah, he's one of the characters. Oh, my gosh. He reverses polarity? He, anyway, <laughs> so they're coming out... That was out. a clever euphemism. For those of you who don't have an internet connection, so they're going to... reverse polarity. They're com- I'm going to keep going. Go. <laughs> Fight fiercely! I just popped through you the pop filter. You struggle on bravely. There's so a... Uh, they're coming out with a new version of the disc called Ultimate Alliance Gold. And so this is a chance for everybody who doesn't have the 360 can get... Oh, sorry. No, it's only for the 360 again. Damn you! So I don't know why. It seems like those other platforms ought to be able to catch up on it, but... Nope. Lon, stay awake. I'm awake. I'm awake. Okay. (laughs) All right. And then there's uh, Rise of the Silver Surfer. Yes, so there's a Rise of the Silver Surfer video game coming out. Yeah. There's I, also a Rise of the Silver Surfer adult film. You want to check that out? I bet yeah. there will be. Wow. Yeah. That's the best you can do with the that? The Rise of the Silver Surfer. I just woke up. <laughs> But uh, I saw uh, videos from that. It looks really good. There's a scene where Mr. Fantastic stretches his head around a building, and they've got, uh, what's his name, um, from the movie, Owen Griffith. His his face is right on there. You know, I played the. I have the first movie game, and oh, it was actually pretty good. I mean, despite the fact that on, on several levels, the best you can do is still fail, because otherwise, if you succeed in the task, you don't become the Fantastic Four. But <laughs> so, <laughs> it kind of turns into a different game. Story my life. You've got a big hammer. So, so that one uh, actually is coming out for all the platforms, okay. with the possible exception of its PlayStation Two, but not PlayStation Three. Right, which leads us to you know uh, Mike Weger. Good job buying the PlayStation Two because PlayStation Three just uh, seems to go in there. We'll see. Um, so let me take a pause for a second to see if we can cope if if it's appropriate to have a a guest star a guest star here. Okay, we'll uh, we'll break right now. Yeah. No uh, Goodson tonight, or what? He's going to show up when he can show up. He had to work late, so we just we just go. And if he shows up as a surprise guest, he shows up as a surprise guest. There you go. Okay. Well, then it'll be a little less chaotic. That'll be. That's right. A, l- a little less editing on Rick's part. Was last week's crazy or what? Last week's was interesting. Let's just get it out of the way. Go ahead. And we're back. <laughs> We just had to, uh, thank you, Lon. We just had to organize a little something here. Uh, we've got with us a, a special breaking guest. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> a special guest, Anna Warren Borsig, oh. yes. is in the store tonight. Yeah. Uh, the store, which is called Fanboy Planet Comics. Now, if I wasn't an Uber fan, could you explain to me who Anna is? Absolutely. She is the CFO. I like to call her the chief opera- uh, officer in charge of getting everything done yep. for Elusive Arts Entertainment, which CFO, is the publisher. That's, uh, that's an acronym for something. Uh, chief, chief financial, financial officer. officer. I'm also the chief operating officer, but I just uh, subtitle it to chief chiefiness. Okay. Anyway, uh, it's the publisher of, of uh, Dorothy and Tony Loco, and uh, she has uh, made a new business deal apparently this week, and uh, we think it only fit that it get announced here tonight and that we talk to you about why the hell are you so crazy as to do this? Go ahead. 
Uh, Lay it on us. I've, I've had that question asked about many things in my life, about many decisions I've made. Evidently, but we're asking about this one. Stop trying to hem and haw. Okay. You're not a politician. So, well, I'm. Th- oh, now you're pulling it back. That's funny. So, um, <laughs> that's going to sound good in context. <laughs> <laughs> Rick uh, was pulling it back. I well, uh, I think my it was Almost. far stupider. It was far stupider for me to start publishing uh, comics than it is for me to buy a comic book store. It's, yeah, I mean. I, so I'm what you're saying is, we have not yet said that yeah. you bought a comic book store. I did. I bought a comic book store. Which comic book store did you buy? I bought FanboyPlanet.comics, formerly known as Brian's Books, and it will now be known as. Uh, as of June 1st, it will be Elusive Comics and Games. It wow, it sounds like a place where I could find all the back issues that I've been looking for and haven't been able to find. <laughs> the elusive comics. <laughs> you know, you're not the first person to mention that. <laughs> Sadly, he won't be the last. Yeah, hey, you get 10% uh, more added to your bill if you come in to make that joke. Yeah. So, <laughs> All Sharks players, uh, anything you want. I just I just need to make well, careful, announcement. Careful, careful. Sharks players. Careful. Okay. San Jose Sharks. San Jose Sharks. Let's be very specific about that. San Jose Sharks. Because I'm a shark player. You know what I'm saying? You are. I don't mean mean PlayStation. I don't mean Xbox. I mean the San Jose Sharks players. Okay. Nothing to do with I kind of lost me. Not on the week. No. I'm just a real big Sharks fan. So, so, yeah. What did uh, spark this? So... What can um, we expect in the changeover? Well, can you, you can expect uh, the store will become a little bit prettier. Some paintings. Some oh, a woman's paintings. touch? Oh. Yeah, nice. Do you touch um, wasn't enough for you? Will there be paper towels in the game room? There will actually be toilet paper also. Oh, that's game. crazy talk. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I'm actually going to have my 16-year-old nephew as part of his recent brown, uh, groundings to clean the game room. Oh, great, great. Excellent. And then mm. he can recuperate for a week. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> He's 16. He's seen worse at his high school. Mm. Mm, yes, yes. So, uh, uh, so it's going to be a girlier store, is what you're saying? No, it's going to be a little cleaner. Oh, little darn. Brighter. I was hoping for more girls. I'm going to put some more here. color in here. Oh, it would definitely be more girls. Sweet. Like I was going to name the store Buxom Comics, but that didn't seem to really. I was, because, yeah, I was, I was amazed uh, you guys put in the stripper pole behind the uh, register. But that's, so, funny, uh, that's something Steve's been asking you know for. Yeah, for a long true. Time. true. I, I'm signing up with some girlfriends to take a stripper pole class in, in like a week or two. You now. really should. It's a good workout. I've yeah. done one myself. And another friend yeah. of mine knows the guy who sells the portable stripper poles. Oh, yeah. There well, fantastic. So that's another plus. This store just gets sounding cooler every minute. <laughs> wow. Uh, that yeah, you keep I'm talking. Gonna, you I'm going to do a revolutionary thing. I'm going to buy a store sign. And put Excellent. it over outside. A sign. A Wait sign. again if I may say, that's crazy talk, woman. That's like advertising. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm also going to get an answering machine and have the hours put on it. Wow. Yeah. Wait a minute. I, next thing so you know, you're telling me. Next thing you know, they'll have a fax machine. You know, I'm really confused oh, by, and, and maybe a line in here where so we can. I'm ch- buying a printer copy of. Maybe so we could like check emails. You know, get in here. I mean, what, I'm getting a computer in here. What you're saying makes me feel like, and, and stop me if I'm I'm wrong. I will. Is that you, you intend to be successful and grow this business? Is that true? I intend to. Oh, okay. God a new golden era in Santa Clara is dawning. Absolutely. Hopefully. So it is the era of, one, at least. of elusive, elusive, not elusive, elusivearts.com. Oh, that's not like elusive? Elusive. No. It's like elusive. 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 Not so, and I wanted to put that it's in because okay. that's their website, elusivearts.com. There is a link to it on fanboyplanet.com. If yes. you go onto the right-hand side, we have a sidebar with, an, with a permanent ad uh, from Elusive. 
and uh, which, of course, again, is publisher. And you know of what? They're also Dorothy. They're also Loco. featured on MoreOnLife.com. Yeah, you know, you said I was we featured are. on MoreOnLife.com. I said I'm it's not, coming. It's, it's coming. coming. Well, part, I'm, you're in part I'm three. On there with I know you are. Mark. I know you are. Uh, with an interview from MarkerCon. I know, I watched it. I I reserved the websites tonight, Elusive Comics and Elusive Comics and Games. Those websites have been reserved, and I'll have a a website being put up with uh, hours, a dedicated uh, actual website you can go to for information on store hours and... Like placement. a webcam, how busy the store is. Ooh, no, that, no, no, no. I just really live girl webcam. Live girl webcam. It's, uh, that's good. That's good. Adam alone. I don't. I don't want to. Right. No, I <laughs> get in a lot of trouble. If Adam's on the pole. <laughs> I'm never going to stop vomiting. We'd make money. Off well, we that. can. You, so uh, you said June first is when you're taking over. June so uh, this is very exciting. But in the meantime, of course, people still please come to this sh- this store. Yes. Be ready for it. Will we have a grand opening party? Uh, we will not Jan June first. I want to get the store oh, and get cleaned gotta, up and stuff. No, that's then, just the opening. Yeah. you have to have a grand opening. We later. will have a grand opening. We, we're going to be doing some outreach because to local schools. June first. The other thing I was going to say is that's also the first day of SuperCon. Uh, no, June second is the June second SuperCon because June first is a Friday. Is a Friday. So yeah. June second. And so, I will actually be at SuperCon. I will actually be representing my publishing company by myself at SuperCon because my husband won't be able to make it and my other partners will be out of town. Well, we'll be with we'll you. Be yeah. we'll, no, we'll be floating around. No, we'll be floating around. I believe you and I, you and I have a deal with that. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to go physically. Oh, you're just going to go in your I'm spirit form. I'm just going to send yes. my astral uh, form. Yeah. There you so go. It, parking's with, easier that oh, way. We'll talk about that. We'll we'll yeah. talk about that off the air. I'll but. be at SuperCon, but uh, Steve, who is uh, sort of the de facto store manager, will be putting out flyers and uh, hopefully bookmarks. De facto, you're not going to keep Steve? Oh, totally keeping him, but he's not got the title of store manager. I'm who's, giving him. I'm giving him the title. <laughs> what a lot of people don't know who's, is who's who's going to have the title. No one has the title. There's no titles in this store right now except for owner and you know slaves. I want. To, I'm, I'm saying Steve should be store manager. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. What, what a lot of people don't know is Steve actually died a number of years ago and he's actually haunting. But as long as he's here, they <laughs> give. Like Ann Goodson showed up just for the very end. Oh man, oh, Michael, man. you just missed the exciting news. Andy sold the store to who? Hi. To Anna. Anna? <laughs> I know Anna. <laughs> yeah, so it's all good. This yeah. is the lamest sitcom ever. Mm. Okay, and on that note, let us say, because we've got nothing more except that excitement, for, for Michael to come in and we say... We should have left it to be continued. That's exactly. Michael Goodson. We've got Lon Lopez, Rick Brechtshutter, Derek McCall. If you have any comments, questions, criticisms, please write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. Contact at elusivearts.com if you want a copy of Dorothy or Tony Loco. At... And, and the Dorothy calendars are still available. And they're still available. <laughs> half off, because the year's almost half over. And uh, since we've got Anna, Anna, will you take us out with our catchphrase? Do you even know our catchphrase? I'm trying to remember it. Do you, know, do you know how much I've got going in my head? I know. put a business together right. in four days? Not in the face! <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. That's Goodson's watchword. <laughs> I like that one. That uh, <laughs> okay, this is Derek McCaw, Editor-in-Chief of FanboyPlanet.com, reminding you to... Use your powers only for good. And we'd like to thank the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.lukeski.com.
It's a good story. I mean, I like the I like the wrap up. I like the really. There's a really subtle nod that the Scarlet Witch has a crush on one of the Ultrons. Yeah, subtle. You thought that was subtle. <laughs> it's like what you've never been to the museum in natural history before. Well, I have to think I'll about. Pick you well, up no, night. because it took me a moment to think about. It. I go, oh, that's right. They already did do a vision, right? Which is like we can talk about this. It, it, it's been on is because it's also Ultimate Fantastic Four is introducing Silver Surfer, but it's like, but they already did a Silver Surfer variant in Ultimate Nightmare. So. What's left if Ultimate Galactus has already been taken care of? I think they're just trying to say that Wanda likes machines. She's just one of those girls. Really? Yeah. Damn. Who? Gale? Oh, see, that's really subtle. You have to go back to first, the first issue of the first series is him in war... And he shows a picture of Gale. Now, that was actually published in 1941, wasn't it? It actually expired. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, wait a minute. Damn it, I wish I'd saved that. Save these questions for live on the air. Can we take down the headphone mix a little? Do it, Dad. Now, now you cuddle up to the mic. Though yet of Hamlet, dear brother's death, the memory be greed, and that it us befitted us like these tights. I'm all slower. <laughs> slower? Slower. Almost. I like it like that. Almost. Okay. Very good, very good. I, I think we're as good as we're going to get. All right.